as boys lines. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the As Bold as Lions podcast. My name is Derek. So good to have you on board with me today. And uh, hope you're doing well wherever you're at. We're uh, moving forward into the year, uh, the month of February, and hopefully God has just been blessing you and showing you a lot of just good things for this upcoming year and wherever you're at. This uh, ministry is, uh, my my goal here is always to encourage you and to to just speak life and truth and things that are hopefully meaningful and hopefully things that you can take with you throughout your day, throughout your week. Um, and we have been going through a book that uh, really is a favorite of mine that uh, we've been studying these past few weeks, the the book of James. And I think it's been very eye-opening for me in my study, just kind of going week by week over these chapters. Uh, and even though I've, I've read James quite a quite a few times and kind of have this general idea of, of what's in there, what, what it's talking about. I think this particular time it's really, it's really shaken me up quite a bit and and in a good way um, to just understand what he is saying here a little more fully and, and kind of take that time to, to slow down and go through these verses. And you know, I, I I think it's just revealing as we as we take the time to do that. It it reveals much about my own faith and just where I'm at with the Lord. And sometimes that can be a little bit um, uncomfortable. Can be a little not not necessarily the place we always want to go. But I think when we open Scripture and we allow the Holy Spirit to start speaking and and nudging us a little bit, it, it's not necessarily uncomfortable. It's just because the Holy Spirit is gentle, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, the Holy Spirit isn't somebody who's going to condemn us. And and I don't say any of this as well to, to convict anyone unnecessarily. I I think as we allow the Bible to, to kind of naturally do that, we we come away with just a greater appreciation and and um, an honest look at ourselves and in light of what, what God's worth, word is saying. Um. And I'm amazed that we can all take a, a particular passage. I could take, for example, James 5. We're talking about James 5 today, an enduring faith. And we could all read this and we could all say, go around a table and well, what was the significant part to you and, and the next person? And we all might have slightly different take on that. But for each one of us, that that take, that that thing that impresses us the most is is significant. And it's all truth, and it's all relative to uh, our walk and and enriching. So, I love the fact that the Bible is a book that speaks like that, and that God, um, every time we we open it, it's alive, it's vibrant, it's active. So, 
just saying that to, to all set up what and where we're headed today. And if you haven't listened to any of the previous four episodes, um, I'd recommend going back and, and finding the chapters that you've missed. No pressure there at all, but it, it, just for the whole um, look at this book and the context of everything, I think it helps to just kind of read it all uh, for sure and, and take in the podcast and just allow that to 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 strengthen your walk and allow this book as we go into 2022 to kind of set the standard for, for living and, and for where we're headed. So, um, you know, James in this, in this final chapter, there's some wrap up here and he goes into some topics that he's already discussed. Um, but he's putting out some newer ideas as well. And, and finishing true to form, he's a heavy hitter. He addresses the rich, he addresses conduct and being patient through suffering. And, um, you know, he just finishes with, with kind of a, a word on, on prayer, which I think is important as well, that, that we, um, we, we sometimes forget that is in James and is really a, a remarkable passage. And so as we go in today, we've got quite a bit of ground to cover um, lots that I want to get to, but let's dive in. And if you can, if you can have that Bible next to you or that, that app on your phone out, that may be helpful. Again, if you're driving or doing something that, that doesn't allow you to do that, totally understand and, um, totally worth being safe. But, uh, our first point today on James five and enduring faith says there's no room for greed and fraud in the kingdom. No room for greed or fraud in the kingdom of God. In verse 5, uh, or I'm sorry, verses uh, 1, 2, and 3, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you. And will eat your flesh like fire. Wow. So a lot of um, strong words there from James as we start this chapter. And I think he's, um, we, we have to again look at a little bit of context. We have to just talk about some of the, in terms of his audience and who he's addressing here. What is he trying to say? Uh, definitely they're, they're those who are rich and put their hope in riches. And those who would fraudulently treat workers, the, the, the laborers that they hire, the, the people that they pay to do certain, certain things, um, those who self-indulge, those are kind of just all about themselves, all about their own wealth and accumulation and all that stuff. And really, he's saying there's a fate that's awaiting you people, and it's not good. It's reminiscent of me uh, to Jesus's words. He's talking in Matthew 19, uh, verse, chapter 19, verse 24. He says, again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus has already kind of set this standard of uh, for a rich person who is consumed and just exist for more and more gain and wealth, it's going to be hard for them to reconcile that with entering the kingdom of heaven, uh, of, of really laying aside that, that wealth and that thing that's connected to their heart so strongly. 
And really, you know, why, why is James mentioning all this? Well, and a second question, why, who is he addressing? Is he, is he talking to wealthy non-believers, you know, those outside of the church, or is he talking to people that are in the church that are wealthy? Um, and commentators have, have some varying opinions here, but the warning is the warning. The, that's the main thing is it's still a warning no matter who it's for. Um, personally, I think he's probably going outside of the church and kind of, um, just calling out uh, those in the culture around uh, to some extent to just to say, Hey, don't put your hope in riches. Don't treat workers unfairly, things like that. But the main thing is this warning that those who oppress and use wealth as power, they're not going to be inheritors of eternal life. And that's this first point that there's, there's no room for greed or fraud within the kingdom. So if you're going to, uh, truly come to Christ, you're going to want to lay down these things. You're going to want um, to kind of leave that lifestyle behind and, and move forward uh, in the Lord. And you think of, you know, Matthew, the tax collector who, who basically does that takes a 180, um, leaves his wealth, leaves all of the, the accumulation behind the, the status, everything. And he follows Christ and for those that um, that that do this, if we're talking about those in the kingdom that that do still show this partiality or favor or just accumulation of wealth, it's it's a hard thing to really size that up with the gospel. It's um, you know we talk about partiality as James talked about in chapter two, the sin of of just treating different people with more or less um, standards of, of, you know, the a rich person comes into your uh, synagogue or your, your fellowship and you, you give them the, the nicest place, the, the best seat and, and the poor person you neglect. It's kind of getting back to some of that, that tone of just calling out this, this type of behavior. And it's also a tone that, that reminds me of some of the Old Testament prophets where James is pointing out injustice done to the poor and to the, the laborer, the worker, the, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, he says, which kept you, um, which you kept back by fraud. So he's saying you, you owe these people wages. They did work for you, but you did not pay them. Those wages are crying out against you and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. That's um, verse four in chapter five. So this first point, uh, a lot there, but really a point to note that James is, is concerned about wealth. He's concerned about those who use wealth for gain, those who use wealth for power and along the way, kind of step on other people to get to where they want to be. And we can see that in our own setting today. We can see that uh, outside the church. We may be seeing it sometimes in the church. And and they both need to be called out. They both need to be called for what they are. That it's it's ungodly. It's it's not in line with the gospel. And so James starts out this first um, verse, few verses in chapter five with a, a very heavy warning against that. Second point is to endure tough times. And we've, we've kind of talked about some of this as well already in the book, but in verses seven through 12, there, there's a lot here being addressed on this verse 11. He states, 
Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. And with the idea of being patient in suffering, he's kind of calling us back to chapter one, where he he said, uh, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. That's an excellent, wonderful promise. And he's also here appealing to and bringing in some Old Testament examples once again to reinforce these points. He's done that before. He's doing it again. The prophets were those who patiently endured. They knew there was a coming judgment, but also a coming promise. And Job is another example. James uh, talks about just the uh, the steadfastness of Job, just the knowing what he was going up against and, and all the affliction and all the things that he had to go through. He, he didn't curse God out of that. He didn't um, just totally, completely abandon God and walk away from his faith, even though everybody in his circle were saying, hey, you know, his wife, his wife told him curse God and, and die. Like that's, that's a heavy thing to, to be surrounded and have that in, in your ears to, to influence you. But, but Job still remained steadfast. He still clung to the Lord through extreme difficulty. So the prophets, a great example, Job, another great example, patient in suffering, endure hard times, endure hardship. And along inside this passage, there's um, one of my favorite parts of the whole book, this verse that says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And um, the, the, the readiness aspect of our lives, the, the idea that Jesus is returning and at any time, I think that's that's a totally appropriate and it's it's necessary to to have that in the front of our minds as we go through life especially in these days. A few months ago I did a, a whole series <clears throat> it was a a blog plus uh, podcast episodes but it was on the blessed hope. Uh this this verse out of Titus that talks about that. And in this verse where James says establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. This this reminded me of that that series and just that whole idea. James is telling us to look at the whole picture. He's saying let let go of grumbling, let go of these petty things, these small differences. Get your heart right and be steadfast, be firmly planted. Jesus is going to return soon and you need to endure these times because something much better is awaiting the one who remains in Christ. All right. So we've talked about the, the having no room, no uh, capacity for fraud or, or greed as we're seeking to follow after Christ um, enduring tough times that we go through and the final point that I pulled out of James 5 is the prayer of faith is powerful. He talks a lot here about faith, at, uh, sorry, he talks a lot about prayer at the end of this chapter, kind of the the capstone, the, the culmination of, of, of this book. And uh, I just want to read these, these two verses, 13 and 14. It's talking about several types of prayers. So just kind of listen through and and think about that. It says, is anyone among you suffering? 
let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So this focus on prayer at the end of the book, it's it's just a great reminder to us in the body. We pray for each other. We, we lift each other up. We ask for healing. We pray prayers for, for healing for the sick. And we also come humbly before one another. And we, we, we ask for forgiveness. In verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So just all these things, the, the, the praising that we, we can do, just the, the types of prayers that we can bring forth. Um, James is, is kind of just br- bringing our attention to, to all of that. And again, he's pulling in the Old Testament. He, he takes us to a character that I love from the Old Testament that I think sometimes we don't think about him in the way that James frames this, but he, he talks about Elijah and he's, he's, you know, if we know Elijah, we know he's, he's got this just marvelous resume of, of things that he did. And, um, he's, he's one of the greats. And you ask a Jewish person to, to look at the old Testament, you know, it's, it's Moses and Elijah. It's those kind of two figures that are just central seemingly through their, their whole history. And Elijah is like a prophet of prophets. You know, he's, he had performed many miraculous things and he shows great faith. You think about the, the, just the encounter at Mark Mount Carmel with the, the prophets of Baal and, and calling down to um, God to burn up the, the sacrifice on the altar. That just that one encounter is just like, wow. But James pulls Elijah down to our level because he is at our level. Elijah, at the end of the day, is just a man. He prayed uh, a prayer for rain, that it, it wouldn't rain, and, and it didn't. And then he also prayed again for the rain to come and the drought, and then it did rain. He had a nature that was like ours. But what did he do? He, he prayed fervently. Other versions say he, he prayed earnestly or intensely, and just to go back to this verse, because I'm um, needing to reference it here. He says, Elijah, this is verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. In verse 18, then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. He prayed fervently, earnestly, intensely, his prayer life was vibrant. It was expectant. And he came before God expecting that God was going to move and respond. And I think in light of that, I asked myself, because James is saying, hey, he's just a man like you and I. I have to ask myself, how do I equate to that? Where's my prayer life at? If this, if this is what Elijah can do and did do, where am I at in regards to them? to all this. So James, you know, finishes up this book with this concept of prayer. And I think that it's a fitting place for us to end as we, we finish this podcast series as well. As we've come into a new year with this series, I I think it's timely and I think it's needed. 
James has been a wake-up call for me personally because it speaks of conduct and it speaks of character. It speaks of our need to treat the poor and marginalized well, to tame our tongues and be careful about our speech, to seek higher wisdom and authority than earthly wisdom, to be patient and endure suffering, to to even see it molding and, and shaping us into the image of Christ, and to pray expectant and fervent prayers, believing that God is going to answer. In summary, James is a book that doesn't just give us a little nudge forward. It's just a full-on shove into the world that says, go, go out and be bold. This isn't a half-hearted faith. This is all or nothing. You either go big with God or you go home. There's no in-between. There's, there's no riding the fence. There's no gray area. And James is... is Really, what I take away is is that I have to continually have this in my mind to say, is my faith, is there evidence of it? Is there Are there outworkings of it? Do people know, well, yeah, my friends and family, sure, but outside of that, are there people that, that honestly know or understand that I'm a Christian and what that looks like? As we've covered this series each week, you know, I hope there's been a stirring at least one thing from each each episode that has spoken to you. And I go back to the first week I, I said as we're kind of unpacking James, it's it's kind of like trying to take a drink out of the fire hose. There's there's a lot to take in. And we could even go back and, and spend probably twice as much time as we did in this book and kind of take smaller and smaller uh, bite-sized bite chunks of this and, and really go into it deeper. And maybe from there it's worth your time to go back and, and look at it that way. Taking your own time to, to study God's Word in this way is, is helpful. I, I, I can say that I'm a strong proponent of, of quality over quantity, meaning just spending time in God's Word, letting it letting yourself just soak in it and getting as much as possible rather than just saying, oh, I, I got to read this chapter and this chapter and this chapter, and I got to get through all of this today. Sometimes it's good to just slow down and, and just take it just verse by verse and just allow the Lord to speak to you, even through just a few words. Nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong if you do go through your Bible in a year. I'm, I've seen that uh, be a huge blessing as well. So however you're reading through God's Word, uh, there's no judgment for me. Just take the time to, to get as much out of it as the Lord would, would have you get each day. A reminder that what motivated James and what motivates us is the cross of Christ. That's kind of been this understood component, a part of this book throughout this study, and I hope that comes through, even though sometimes we don't discuss that specifically each week. It's, it's there, though. Christ's example was to pick up his cross, and he said to follow him, we must deny ourselves and pick up the cross as well, and I believe James would wholeheartedly agree with that. All in all, I hope you are well as we finish out James here and as we transition into our next series. I'm 
looking at going into back into a study we did last year. It's called Profiles and Courage. We did some weeks on that last year, and it's kind of a study of various heroes of the faith. It's something that I love to do, and I'm not 100% if I'll be there, but almost 98% sure that's where we'll be. So take that for, for what you might believe. But uh, if you enjoyed some of those episodes or if you just kind of want to review, they're all up on uh, the podcast from, I think last summer it was, we talked about, oh, we talked about Elijah, I want to say, and Stephen and Esther Maybe not Elijah, but Corey could correct me because she was with me on all those, and I'm hoping to get her back with me on these next ones. So, uh, God willing, that'll happen. Anyway, guys, I hope you are blessed as you go about your day today, wherever you are, and whenever you're listening to this. As always, I, I would love to hear from you, even if it's just a quick note to say, hey, um, this is what's going on in my life or you can pray for me this way or thanks for sharing this. I, I needed to hear whatever X, Y, and Z. I, I'm, I'm fine if you don't send me anything, but I love hearing from you too. So I just want to throw that out there in my email, uh, which I sometimes try to include is info at Um, I, I will pray for you if you send me a request, um, just be know just just know that um, I consider it a privilege to to do that. And from James here, James five, we talk about prayer. We talk about lifting each other up, and that is something we need to be doing, especially in these days of of uncertainty. Um, we need to be praying for one another and, and just really locking arms in that manner. As I want to just close with our theme verse once again, Ephesians five fifteen through 17. If you've listened to the podcast by now, you, you know that's how we always close. And hopefully you're familiar with this passage. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Until next time, have a great week. God bless. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.